for Theater Talk on WBFO. I'm Anthony Chase. And I'm Peter Hall. And Christmas, Christmas, we went to beautiful Niagara-on-the-Lake for their production of A Christmas Carol. Just exquisite. I loved everything about it. Everyone loved it, and we all know the story. The magic is how it unfolds before our eyes with characters becoming furniture, a bed suddenly becoming a ghost. (laughs) As a kid, one of my favorite parts of the story is when the door knocker turns into the face of Marley. (laughs) And I love the way they did it with the shadow. Very, very effectively done. But that's up at Niagara-on-the-Lake through the holidays. You can also see a version of Christmas Carol here in town at Alleyway Theater. And Mike Randall is also reading a Christmas Carol over at the Cavanoke. So many opportunities. And incidentally, for those who have not yet gotten re-vaccinated, if you have not seen Legally Blonde, you can't. They have canceled all the remaining performances because of multiple cases of COVID. So Musical Fair's beautiful production of Legally Blonde has closed prematurely. And I would like to mention that not along the lines of Christmas, but something else certainly worth seeing, is on the Buffalo State campus, Revelation Theater has Mara Namanis, who is a physical theater performer, an apparatus-based performance person, and an aerialist. And she is portraying Amelia Earhart. She is doing a piece called Earhart, like Earhart, but A-I-R-H-E-A-R-T. And it will be tonight at 8, tomorrow at 8, and Sunday at 2. I participated in a workshop she did with students at Buffalo State, just brilliant. And she performs on this 13-foot spinning airplane sculpture. It's just wild. For those who don't need to do the Christmas thing, but would like a specific and different theater experience, that is also available. But, Peter, this week we are privileged to have as our guest Tanisha Fordham, who is the author and director of 12 Mo Angry Men at Ujima Theater Company, a play that's been seen around the country, but is now having a successful run right here in the Lorna C. Hill Theater. Welcome, Tanisha. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Well, 12 Bo Angry Men is inspired by the original 12 Angry Men, and it is indeed a jury room. We see all 12 jurors, and they also get to see the crime that they're to decide on acted out by other actors. They all sit in their jury chairs, but move around a lot, and each of the 12 jurors is distinctly different. Tanisha Fordham wrote the play and directed it, and it's currently over at Ujima Theater for the next two weekends. A riveting play, 70 minutes, nonstop, no intermission. Just hold on to your hats once it starts. Janisha, something that interested me is that it's structured very much like a morality play, that each juror represents a distinct viewpoint. And one in particular, because I'm thinking, where was she going with this? The juror who, it turns out, spoiler, spoiler, Her family has a violent history with the police. And now, in real life, that juror never would get past jury selection. But she serves a very important function in the play. Can you talk a little bit about the way you've structured the play and how you decided the viewpoints and so on? Yeah, so really every juror just represents someone that I know, someone from my actual real life, someone that I've interacted with at some point in my uh, journey. And I thought it very important to really ground the work in real people. In terms of the juror three of it all, I went back and forth on would that be realistic? But you know, here's the thing. Often in African-American communities and, and just 
communities in general, but specifically my life experience. I never met my father. And there are a lot of people who don't have any sense around who my father is, where he went to college, high school. I, I, I don't know where he lives even right now. And so while I do think in one way, yes, she would not have likely been a part of the jury. There's another argument to be made for the fact that a lot of parts of our lives can sometimes be mystery. And so perhaps she would have gotten through in that way. And so that's why I included juror three. Well, perhaps you did not know your father, but you certainly knew your grandfather, as do many Buffalonians. Dr. Monroe Fordham taught at Buff State for so many years. And he's also one of the portraits on the Freedom Wall in Buffalo. That's some pretty strong street cred there, Denisha Fordham. Yeah, it is. Yes, it's really, really great. So you must have grown up in a household that thought about your place in history, that he was the founder of New York State's African-American History Journal. Was this a part of your family life and upbringing? Absolutely. I just think that we had a strong sense of understanding what it is that we've been called to do, whatever that is. It wasn't specifically history or specifically justice, but that whatever it is that you specifically felt called to do, that you should do it with your whole heart. So education was big. Every single person inside of my family is an educator. My mom teaches at Amherst High School. My grandmother taught at Build Academy, my grandfather at Buffalo State College. And so education was big. And I think that understanding the importance of language and preserving history and telling your own story was always something that was really impressed upon me from a very young age. Well, you've also been involved in telling other people's stories. You have been very actively involved in the Broadway world in recent years, billed as associate director on even Andrew Lloyd Webber's Bad Cinderella company. How did that come to be? How did you make your way to Broadway? Yeah, thank God for the Black Theater Coalition. The Black Theater Coalition is an organization that wants to erase the illusion of inclusion. So this idea that because we see Black people on stages, that that is what's happening behind the stage. And they really, really thought it was important that there was more representation behind the stage. So directors, designers, crew, et cetera, et cetera. And so they actually interviewed me and put me as one of their fellows, directing fellow for American Express. First, I got a $50,000 scholarship to do my own original work. And that eventually led me into an opportunity to work with company. And then I got hired full time. And so then the other opportunities came. So thank God for organizations that paved the way for new voices and emerging artists. Fantastic. Well, the other day, somebody asked me, what's your dream job? And I had to admit, I have my dream job. I mean, talking to you is certainly wonderful. But of all the hats you wear, what is your dream job? What's your favorite writer, director, actor, or activist? Or you can't choose. Yeah. I think I just want to change the world. That's my dream job. I want to have my hands fully into the work that's going to make the world the place that I want my son to live in, the place that I feel that he deserves to be in. So whatever I can do in order to do that, that's what I think my dream job is. After every audience sees the play, you're invited to vote. It's very easy. You have a ballot. You just rip it in half and put guilty or not guilty in the basket as you leave. How has the voting gone? Okay, it has been hung every single show. And that's not just in Buffalo. That was even when we were doing it in Jersey and off-Broadway. And it's just been so interesting. I think the most riveting thing, though, has been the conversation that happens as a result of the voting. I hear people in the hallway arguing over why they voted guilty or not guilty. I love that. I love that even if we don't agree that we're talking, because talking is where the change begins. So I've really been struck by that. Well, people who have seen it know, but people who are planning to go, and it's at Ujima Theater, which has a theater on Plymouth. Beautiful. Lorna Sea Hill Theater there. I think everyone kind of agrees that the tragic incident is the officer's fault in this case, whether or not he intended for it to go this way or what, that he creates a bad situation. 
and we hear that, boy, that's when the cold sweat comes to your palms. We hear a recording, and it is very anxiety-building <laughs> as you take us through. And I think that people are arguing, maybe on the fine points, but not on the broad gesture, that everyone goes, okay, this should not have happened. Yes, I absolutely agree. I think that we do all very much agree on that point. However, I just think that the conversation has to continue to be had because until there is justice, and even if that means that the system has to change, because maybe it's not a matter of voting. Maybe it's a matter of there being a broader set of options of things that have to happen. Other ways that people can speak for, other ways that people can fess up to speak for what they've actually done. Someone has to pay. There has to be some level of justice. People can't just walk as though no one is dead, which is what often happens. And sometimes people even return to their jobs with no consequence. There has to be some consequence. No accountability of any kind. None. None at all in yeah. some instances. So I think that we do agree, but there still needs to be a conversation until all of these people are spoken for. Well, Tanisha, I can see why everyone wants to talk to you. You're a marvelous radio guest. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and Peter and I can certainly recommend the play to everyone. It's called 12 Mo Angry Men. It's at Ujima, which performs in the Lorna C. Hill Theater on Plymouth. For Theater Talk on WBFO, I'm Peter Hall. And I'm Anthony Chase.